I'm Deanne Penn with UN News. From conserving marine biodiversity to awareness raising and seafood consumption, Associação Natureza Portugal, or ANP, runs several projects that are contributing to a healthier ocean. Based in the coastal city of Lisbon, Portugal, the non-governmental organization works in line with the World Wildlife Fund, or WWF. Ahead of the UN Ocean Conference, which is taking place there at the end of June, UN News' Anna Kamu spoke on the phone with ANP's Director of Conservation and Policy, Katerina Grillo, and Nunu Bahus, a specialist in ocean and fisheries. She starts by asking them how co-managing small-scale fisheries can contribute to ocean health. Co-management is kind of a game-changer. Uh, in this uh, in this sense, because um, it shifts the old paradigm of the administration rules and um, like a top-down approach into a, a group that functions as a whole and has representation both administration, fishers, and uh, and also environmental and um, and scientific sectors. So in a way, what we what is tried tried to to achieve in in co-management is to all these people working together for the same purpose working together to reach consensus of decisions that we all can live with so basically it brings um the scientific knowledge to the process it brings the local communities to the process in in the end it's the co-sharing of of responsibility for the fishery management so so to say so and and it brings also the um, the awareness of the different problems and the different perspectives in a much more uh, holistic approach. So moving to one of the most highlighted issues when we speak about the ocean, plastic pollution. In March, heads of state and ministers of environment and also other representatives from UN member states endorsed an historic resolution uh, in Nairobi at the UN Environment Assembly to end plastic pollution and forge an international legally binding agreement by 2024. What are some of the projects you have in this area of action and how do you see this can contribute to a healthier ocean? So uh, we have a project that is uh, focusing on one specific island of, of Portugal, which is Porto Santo in, uh, in Madeira Archipelago. What we try to do is basically to, to have a participatory approach to minimize the plastic pollution that comes from the island. Obviously, we can't control the plastic pollution that is uh, that comes from the sea to the island, but uh, the one that is, can be generated in the island. So this is a small island. It has only 5,000 people living in it, but it can be much more. It's a very it's a touristical uh, destination. Um, and uh, so the population just peaks, in the, especially in the summer months, which brings a high pressure to the to the whole system of, of management of, uh, of residues. Uh, what we what we did is a, a, a project that is finishing now, which is Porto Santo Saint Lishmarinho, so waste-free Porto Santo Island, basically, uh, which is a project kind of in three acts. So first, we try to identify hotspots for plastic pollution, and we try to build a reference situation for the flux of plastics in the island. And, uh, and quantities to be treated uh, and, and, and deposited along the year and along the years. Uh, after that, we worked on a, on a community management plan. So we called in all the stakeholders for a participatory process to identify problems and solutions. And um, some solutions were in the, in the public management sphere. So 
So we, we talked to the, to the administration, for example, to the local city hall that was very important to the process to solve some of the issues. And some were in the private sphere. So we, what we did here was we created kind of a, an informal certification for local businesses, especially tourism orientated businesses like hotels, restaurants, cafes with a set of measures, some mandatory and some voluntary that could be implemented by the, the businesses and that was settled by the businesses themselves. So uh, we weren't um, imposing anything. This was, was done in, in together with the stakeholders. And we have um, a large percentage of the, of the local businesses covered, about uh, 40 uh, establishments in the first year, which was exceeded our expectations, that are um, proudly showing off and, and implementing their their, their there's their self-made certification process. We also implemented the reverse vending machine, uh, the first on the island, the first on the archipelago. And it was also the first one that uh, you put in a bottle, you get a discount, a discount uh, uh, voucher, but it, it's not subsidized by the government. So you can directly uh, spend your discount in, in, in the establishments that are certificated by this uh, good practices uh, stamp, so to say. So it's 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 promoting the local economy and reducing plastic pollution at the same time. We picked up a lot of trash, so we we did a we involved around 500 volunteers in about 20 beach cleans, and we removed from the from the coasts approximately three tons of uh, of waste. And uh, and we also implemented a, communica- a large communication campaign so that everyone that comes to the island, both by boat or by plane, to be in the spirit of this uh, of this project and of uh, reducing plastic pollution in this island. So now my next question is about the Ocean Conference, which was postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. That also was an opportunity to build a lot of momentum uh, around it. What are your expectations for the conference and in which ways will ANP participate? So our expectations for the UN Oceans Conference is that it's a conference about action and not just about commitments. Um, the previous conference was uh, five years ago in New York, the first one, and uh, we think it was a really good moment to improve the visibility of oceans and their role for human well-being. Um, and we, at the time, we had a lot of voluntary commitments from states and non-state organizations. But now it's time to move from words to, to actions. In particular, our engagement will, will be, of course, as part of the WWF uh, network. Um, and as part of the network, we're looking into particular issues that are of interest and concern to us. Um, one is the role, as I was saying, the, the role of an healthy and resilient ocean uh, to address um, um, the nature, climate and biodiversity crisis and the role of ocean in our human well-being. Another a part of this element of the role of oceans is that, of course, we would like to put nature on a path to recovery by 2030 and uh, to transition to a nature-positive role that safeguards human health and livelihoods. And this, of course, includes protecting 30% of the planet's land, sea, and freshwater by 2030. We're also very keen on accelerating coastal community-led conservation uh, to advance SDGs, and including SDG 14, of course, and for us, it's paramount to safeguard the rights of indigenous people and local communities. 
and to ensure that they're benefiting in an equitable manner from the sustainable use of the ocean. Um, and of course, for us, we've been um, involved as well in the sustainable blue economy finance principles. Uh, so for us, it's very important that these are adopted, they're implemented and they're mainstreamed um, not just by public organizations, but also the private sector, the financial sector, uh, to ensure that we have an equitable and sustainable blue economy and that we protect and restore marine and coastal ecosystems. What actions do you think citizens can take on a regular basis to promote a sustainable blue economy? Um, so one thing that, that citizens can do is to pay attention to the seafood that they consume. Um, it's important to um, to diversify our diet in terms of seafood consumption. So if possible, do not eat always the same species or the, the same handful uh, of species and try to eat as varied as possible so that you're um, affecting or diversifying the impact that uh, we have in, with our seafood consumption on seafood webs. The other thing is it, it's important also to eat seafoods that comes from more to the bottom of the seafood chain. So we should try to avoid to consume um, top predators um, and also to ensure that the seafood that we're eating comes from um, uh, from responsible uh, sources and it's been uh, catched or fished in a responsible way. Um, but of course, ultimately, what it is important, especially for more affluent countries, is to tame our protein intake. Um, in a lot of developed countries, we don't need as much protein as we are eating, so um, we should actually reduce our protein intake. Um, of course, this is not what is applicable to all countries, so um, I'm just being being mindful of that different contexts. Um, I think also for what citizens can do as well in terms of helping prevent plastic pollution or just in pollution in general reaching the ocean. Um, and we know that 80% of the uh, marine pollution is originated on land. So we need to stop pollution on land uh, from reaching the sea. And part of that implies for a citizen in, in, in our daily lives um, to, for example, use uh, reusable products, avoid uh, consuming um, disposable products, um, always make sure that we are, you know, re um, placing our waste in the appropriate bins, that we're putting it into the waste management system and that we're not promoting the leakage of waste into our rivers, our uh, forests and eventually to our oceans, which is uh, where um, ultimately uh, this, this, this waste will, will end in. No, no. Any suggestions from your side? <laughs> no, just to reinforce the the plastic pollution thing is is really what Caterina was saying that um, the ocean is downhill from everywhere. So um, there's lots of lots of actions that that connect our everyday choices to the oceans uh, and the disposable um, disposable economy system that 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 we live is a is a is, is a way of kind of taking that responsibility away from the consumer. And uh, for example, when you when you 
when you when you put something in your toilet and you flush it and uh, it doesn't go away, um, it goes away from your sight, but uh, but it, it continues to exist just just out of your heart and out of your mind. And the only other link I would do uh, about what citizens could do is to um, is anything that can um, that can influence climate change wise. Because for me, very much in a, in a personal perspective, it's it's the three main uh, threats that the ocean faces. It's what Katerina said with uh, everything that is related to seafood and um, plastic pollution and, and climate change. Because the ocean is our can be our greatest ally on the fight against climate change because it absorbs a huge amount of um, of carbon and it absorbs the most of the heat that is added to the planet by the emission of greenhouse gases so um and this creates problems in the ocean itself it creates problems with ocean acidification, with it, with the creation of uh, of deoxygenation zones, of dead zones, of uh, influencing the currents and the dynamics of that, and the ocean kind of rules the earth, isn't it? The ocean rules the climate, it rules the water cycle, it rules the oxygen that we breathe. It's it can be our greatest ally. So everything that is not directly linked with um, Helping the ocean, like picking up trash from a beach or uh, not uh, not littering, but everything that you can do on land on your daily life that reduces the greenhouse gas emissions and your your environmental footprint, like for example the way you travel and um, and also the way you eat, anything that is not directly seafood, so anything that that can contribute uh, to good practices for for climate change is helping the ocean in an indirect way. And because the ocean is your life support system, then it's helping you in an even more indirect way. A lot of good ideas for people to help save the environment. Thank you so much.